resistance, burnout, procrastination, sleepless nights, stress, and painful hard work. Fatigued from running on the high achiever hamster wheel? This is the Bold Leadership Revolution, where we develop high-performing leaders to live, thrive, and lead bold and smart, not hard. Here is your host, Tara Newman. Hey there, welcome to episode seven of the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast, where we help people like you step into your ambition and leave the grind behind. I'm your host, Tara Newman, and today we are diving into a topic near and dear to my heart, how to radically reduce overwhelm so you can lead with greater purpose. You know those feelings of overwhelm. I certainly do. The distinct feeling that my lungs are filling with water that I'm gasping for breath, that there's no denying those physical symptoms of monkey mind, heightened emotional sensitivity, like a racy heart rate and the flush that periodically washes over my face, and then the fatigue that sets in. The anxiety can be palpable when I've bitten off more than I can chew. Overcommitting is a real struggle for ambitious leaders everywhere. Eager to get ahead, to land the deal, to increase revenue, we often overlook our own boundaries in the name of success. And as I sat down to create some notes for the show today, I Googled the definition overwhelmed. And it was really interesting what came up. The word has more than one meaning. And the first two grabbed my attention. The first is to bury or drown beneath a huge mass. Very true. Another definition is to defeat completely. And I thought that was really interesting because what I've learned about overwhelm can be summed up in its multiple definitions. I've learned it is completely possible to go from feeling buried under a huge mass to defeating that feeling completely. Overwhelm is high, especially when running a small business, leading in an organization where there's constant pressure to do more with less, all while juggling a busy life. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was all set to record the podcast. I'm batching a lot of these episodes because I want to make sure that this podcast is sustainable for me and that when moments like what happened two weeks ago happened, I'm covered and don't disappoint all of you. So two weeks ago, I had set out the week for batching the podcast and what happened was my daughter got sick. And I don't mean she just got the sniffles. This kid had full-blown pneumonia, 105 fever, missed school for a week and a half. And I had to put everything on hold for two weeks. And then I had to start playing catch up and push the launch of the podcast back. And that threw me right back into some of those old feelings of overwhelm and overload. And so I really come to this topic from a place of teaching what I need to be reminded of, right? Sometimes they say you teach what you need to learn. I don't really like that saying because I think you need to have learned something to teach it. But I think it's okay that we teach things that we need to be reminded of. And, and that's what this topic really is to me. It's something that I need to be very present to and be reminded of often. What I can say for myself is that motherhood has taught me everything I need to know about overwhelm. And being an ambitious woman has taught me heaps about overwork. And being both a mom and an ambitious woman has taught me everything about overcommitment. Like the year that I was working full time and I was starting a business 
And I was class mom. I mean, what was I thinking? And in this episode, I, I use the words overwhelm, overwork, and overcommitment because those are typically the three things that I see my clients and the people in my community struggling with the most. Another word is overload. And we all language these things differently. What this might look like to you is too many balls in the air or afraid you're going to drop a ball, too many irons in the fire, feeling like you're being pulled in multiple directions at the same time. These are some of the ways that people language these feelings to me. So I know that overwhelm is different than overwork and is different than overcommitment, but I'm sort of using them as a similar concept because you might language it differently. So one person may be feeling overwhelmed and one person might be feeling overworked and somebody else might be feeling overcommitted. But what I have to say applies to all of those things. So today I want to invite you into a discussion on a topic that impacts leaders regardless of the size or scope of their business, whether they're leading in their own business or in someone else's business. This impacts men and women equally, millennials and baby boomers, whether you work from home or outside the home. Overwhelm, overwork, and overcommitment is truly an epidemic. It doesn't discriminate. And in my work coaching hundreds of people, most likely just like you, I've learned the real reasons people are so overwhelmed. And it's taken me years to uncover some of what's really going on below the surface. And I want to take an opportunity and share that with you and see if any of these things, I have six of them, and if any of them really resonate with you and that you can identify with them. Now, I just want to remind you that at any point during this podcast, you can pull out, download the notes sheet for the podcast. I've specifically designed a note sheet for the podcast so that you can turn this information into transformation. So you can capture the ahas, the insights, the takeaways, and convert those into an action that you can take from this podcast. Even if you don't take the action right away and you just jot the notes down, you'll have it to refer back to at a later date. So I want to remind you of that as we kind of start to dive into this material today. Here's what's kind of going on below the surface for people when we talk about overwhelm, overwork, overcommitment. So one, there's a lack of clarity to what truly is a priority and important to you. When we lack clarity, we lack influence over ourselves and others. And the result being that others have way too much influence over us. And this, a great quote that really kind of drives this point home comes out of the book, Essentialism, written by Greg McCowan. And he says, if you don't set your priorities, someone else will, right? So that is someone having influence over you instead of you having influence over yourself. And we talk about this in detail when we talk about leading from the inside out. And that is episode two. I will tee it up in the show notes so you can go back and listen to it again or listen to it if you haven't listened to it already. Now, the second thing that's happening kind of under the surface here is you have a fundamental belief that in order to have it all, you need to do it all. And that is simply untrue. The fact is, is that we can't have it all until we define what our all is. We need to be able to discern what all means to us. Number three, you're addicted to making success hard and painful because if it's too easy, then you feel like you don't deserve it. So if the belief goes, well, if I'm not overwhelmed, 
then I'm not working hard enough and I don't deserve the results or success I get. It's only worthy if it's overwhelming that, or I'm overworking or I'm overcommitted. Number four, you're tying your worth to your busyness. And so this came up, this was really eye-opening for me. I was in conversation with a client and we were talking about how overwhelmed and overloaded they were and the to-do list. I know that we're in trouble when my client shows up and the most important thing they need to talk about is their to-do list. Because the strategy that I employ is that we have a plan, we're doing less to achieve more. We're very clear on what our actions are. And we really don't even need a to-do list, to be honest. I don't operate from a to-do list. So when my clients are coming to sessions with me and they're very ingrained in their to-do list, I know it's a red flag. So we were talking about this client's to-do list and the things that are on it and checking the boxes off on the to-do list. And I said, well, what happens when you check off all the boxes? And she looked at me and she said, then I will be enough. When I complete these 20 things on my to-do list, then I will be enough. That is you tying your worth to your busyness. And that is something that we have to get really conscious about. The fifth thing that's kind of going on underneath the surface is you have very little awareness around what results, what gets results in your life, in your business, in your wellness, in your finances, whatever area of focus you're setting goals in, you have very little awareness around what actually gets the result. And then that is causing you to spin out, to be overwhelmed, to do all the things, to be throwing the spaghetti at the wall, hoping that something sticks. And the last, the sixth one, the sixth thing that's kind of going on underneath the surface is that these feelings of overwhelm and the behaviors that lead to overwork are serving you in some way. They are keeping you stuck, tired, sick, and unable to step into a place of greater purpose and service. And there is a reason for that. And A lot of times I'll say to my clients, you know, and how is this serving you? And they say, well, it's not serving me. And I understand that logically it's not serving them, but on some emotional level, on some deeper level, this really is serving them. And we need to really identify what's going on there and why they are stuck in this pattern of behavior. So the time that I learned the most about overwhelm is when I was working full-time in corporate and I had a new baby. And all of a sudden I had these really competing priorities in my life. And I started to feel like I was an overachiever at the time. I am a recovering overachiever. I am a recovering perfectionist. As a matter of fact, way back when we'll go back in the way back machine, I used to really love, I still love Thanksgiving, but I used to really do Thanksgiving up in my house. And I would cook sit down dinner for 20 plus people. In September, October, I would start mapping out the menu, testing the menu, making sure the recipes were just the way I wanted them to be. I would hand create invitations and mail them out. You would come to my house, it would be decorated in a very specific way. People would walk away with favors from Thanksgiving, maybe some banana bread and a recipe for that banana bread. I remember my son, he's he's born in October. This is prime Thanksgiving planning time for me that I was very attached to. And there was going to be no excuses for this Thanksgiving not happening, even though my son was going to be about a month old at the time. And while I was nine months pregnant, I was testing out all the recipes in the kitchen I got the invitations done early and I was addressing them while I was in the hospital having my son and it all went out 
And um, I remember my sister saying to me when she came for Thanksgiving that year, something like, you know, you really need to get a grip here. <laughs> like, this is not okay. You just had a baby. And this is a little over the top in terms of, you know, your expectations and your needing for everything to be perfect. And so that's kind of some of my background around my struggles with overachieving and perfecting things. And then creating a lot of overwhelm in my life thinking I had to do it all. I had to be able to birth a baby and sit, you know, 22 people for Thanksgiving dinner within a month of recovering. And I had to then go back to work after three months and I had to have it all figured out. I had to have my shit together and it created a lot of overwhelm. And I spent a really long time in that space. And it cost me a lot of time and energy and distracted me from being my best self. It distracted me from the things that were most important to me. And I sacrificed things that were important to me. And I spent a lot of time feeling unfulfilled. And as someone who truly wants to serve in the world and be the light for others, I had no shine. I wasn't lit up myself. And it caused me to lack confidence. I lacked confidence. I lacked joy. I lacked abundance. All the things that I value and want to feel in my life every single day. And I felt trapped by these habits and behaviors that were creating this overwhelm. And then something happened. I realized something really important. I realized that I had a choice, that overwhelm, overwork, overcommitment is a choice. And at any time, we can choose to make a different choice. We are completely in charge and in control of our overwhelm. And people don't always like to hear that. You know, it was kind of like one of those rude awakening moments for me where I was like, wow, I'm really doing this to myself. And a lot of times I have this conversation with people that it's their choice and why are they making this choice over another? And they get really defensive. But what if you stopped looking at overwhelm as something that was happening to you and you started looking at it as something that was happening for you? Take it from the place of being a victim to the place of being a leader. So what if overwhelm, overwork, overcommitment was there for your growth. So every time I get overwhelmed now, I see it as an opportunity to recommit to what is most important in my life. It's an opportunity for us to reevaluate our boundaries and how we're doing and upholding them. It's an opportunity to check in and see if we're aligned with our values, our vision, and our goals. And the second you see this as a choice, you go from a place of disempowerment to a place of feeling empowered. Now, I have had so much experience helping people through overwhelm. I can only imagine some of the thoughts that are going through your head right now. And I've heard them all. I can assure you that I've heard them all. And I've also thought them all myself. And nothing gets people triggered like talking about why are they choosing to be overwhelmed? Why are they choosing to overwork? I've had people say like, oh, I'm so frustrated with you right now. You know, like I, I want to give you the finger or I want to punch you in the face, right? And it's all good because I'm a crazy New Yorker and I have really thick skin. So you can flip me off and figuratively punch me in the face. It is all good. But that's really your resistance shining a light on the work that needs to be done here. And so anytime you find yourself thinking, yeah, but, right? The yeah, buts, those are your excuses. Yeah, but that will work for everyone else, but not me. Yeah, but you have no idea exactly how busy I am. Yeah, but I have a hundred emails in my inbox. 
yeah, but my partner is traveling and I'm running a business and responsible for the kids. I laugh. That's mine. Yeah, but my business isn't big enough to hire someone to delegate to. Yeah, but if I delegate to somebody, then I still need to manage the tasks getting done, right? I don't know if you have had thought of any of these and maybe you have your own yeah, but to this. And if you do have your own yeah, but to this one, I want to hear it because I'm pretty sure I've heard them all, but I like to keep a list of everyone's yeah, buts, right? So I can go back and I go, oh, remember when you used to say yeah, but, right? So, so reach out and share your yeah, but with me. How about we not even worry about all that stuff, right? How about we not worry about yet? Let's not even get to the point where we're worried about delegating or we're thinking about the emails in the inbox or, you know, that this will work for everybody else, but but not for you. Let's just pause here and take some baby steps first. And that's really how I want to wrap up this episode with you is by giving you four itty bitty bite size small but impactful actions you can take right now. And this is really my goal to almost every episode we have here is to give you some kind of quick turnaround action at the end that you can get off this podcast, you can take your headphones off and step immediately into the smallest action. So if we look at the small but impactful actions that you can take right now to radically reduce your overwhelm, I want you to notice first two things. I want you to notice the word action and right now. These are two keys to reducing overwhelm, taking action and staying in the present, the right now, not worrying about the future, not thinking about the past. So the first thing, the first step, because these are really steps. So it's four steps. The first step is to create some awareness. Ask yourself on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the most, how overwhelmed do you feel right now? This takes a minute. A lot of times people tell me there are 14. You could be off the scale. It's fine. So on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the most, how overwhelmed do you feel right now? Take that minute and check in. If you have five minutes to spare, bust out the journal and look at why you're feeling so overwhelmed. So say you're feeling like a 10. You could ask yourself, why am I feeling so overwhelmed? Why am I feeling like a number 10? What makes this a number 10? And this starts giving you some data for the future because radically reducing overwhelm can happen in the minute, but we want to also create a practice around this that's repeatable. That's a system, right? This is a system for you to get out of overwhelm every single time you start to feel it come on. So ask yourself on a scale from one to 10, get your number, dig into it a little bit. Two, identify a plan. And the way you're going to identify a plan is you're going to ask yourself, what can I do to bring the number down? So if you're a 10, what am I going to do to bring myself from a 10 to a nine? How can I go from feeling like a 10 to feeling like a nine right now? You're going to identify one thing that's going to take you from a 10 to a nine. And you might initially think like, oh, well, I need to do A, B, C, D, I want you to think about the one thing that's going to make the biggest difference in that moment, the most impactful action you can take. And it doesn't have to be big. And then number three, I want you to take the action. I want you to do the one thing right now that's going to bring you down to a nine. And then the fourth step in this process is to repeat. Repeat the first three steps as often and as frequently as you need to really Bring yourself down step by step by step and give yourself a lot of grace in this process. You are not alone. 
And you are not wrong for feeling overwhelmed. We live in a really cognitively overwhelming society right now. We are being pulled in lots of different directions. You might have lots of projects that you're trying to manage, or you might be in an organization that's rapidly growing and you might be taking on the role of the role you had and stepping into the next role and you're kind of in between roles. You might be at a place in your business where you are trying to generate the cash that you need to make the investment into the team to delegate to. Even if you have a team, your team might be growing. So at any given point, you could be feeling this way and it's okay. Give yourself some grace. Now, I want you to head over to the Bold Leadership Revolution Facebook page and let me know what you thought of this episode and share with me your insights and takeaways. I cannot wait to dive into this with you further and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast. This episode has ended, but our work continues online. Head over to theboldleadershiprevolution.com where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you lead bold. That's theboldleadershiprevolution.com. 